0: Welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I'm Danielle Deteach, or Coach Danny D, and I help women to create luxury brands by creating processes and tightening their branding. This is where we talk about how to build your business in a way that allows you to work with ease and enjoy your life. My happy space is spending as much time as humanly possible in my pajamas. And I want to help others to find their happy space while still running profitable businesses. So get comfortable and let's dig in. Hello and welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I am your host coach, Danny D. And I am here helping us to find our joy, get back to understanding what our life looks like when we look at it holistically, not just um, vanity metrics of success, when we have a holistic view of success, so that we're successful in all areas of our life, not just our professions. So I have a wonderful guest here today. I'm very, very excited for you guys to meet Dr. Renika Briscoe and I'm going to let her introduce herself but I want to just you know let you know why I'm excited to talk to her today so when I think about Dr. Briscoe I think leadership that is the the term that comes to my mind when I think of her especially leadership amongst Black women and um, she touches every facet of that from academia to um her business winning on the road and I know she's going to tell us a lot more about that and how she's helping women leaders to succeed. So welcome Renika and just just tell us about all the wonderfulness of um uh, winning on the road and then we can, you know, start getting into our topic.
1: Yeah, so Coach Danny D, thank you so much for having me on Profits in Pajamas. I've been looking forward to it for a couple weeks. weeks. Um, so as you mentioned, I've spent my career in education. I've been a teacher. I've been an assistant principal. I've been a principal before um, heading to K-12 and spending some time consulting nationally. And in all of those roles, I've been a leader in some capacity, even from the classroom, right? I learned a lot in the classroom about being an emergent leader. I learned about the veteran teachers who have more power than the principal in schools. Um, And I knew uh, probably from the 21-year-old teacher uh, that I wanted to impact change. And if I wanted to do that, I needed to be um, in leadership. So um, over the years, I've learned so much, especially as a first generation college graduate, as a first generation in a professional setting and learning to navigate that, to build, you know, building networks. And over time, I've learned, you know, through my own lived experiences and through the lived experiences of others, that my (laughs) trajectory is not unique. A lot of the challenges that I've experienced are not unique um, in that women uh, across the board, but particularly black women and women of color struggle to um, not only attain uh, leadership roles, but to stay in them consistently and to excel to executive leadership. So, um, you know, the next phase of my life is dedicated to Winning on the Road, which is an organization committed to coaching and supporting um, women and whatever they desire to do, whatever their dreams may be. You know, we um, when we think about the professional world, we always think that the leaders are doing it solo, right? They're doing it on their own because we don't see the people who are helping them. But even the president has advisors, right? Um, even the, the CEOs in the Fortune 500s have executive coaches. And what I want women to know is that you deserve to have somebody in your corner. You deserve to have a clear plan um, for what it is that you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And when in on the road, we can help you do that.
0: That is absolutely beautiful. And I think that especially amongst Black women, um, knowing that we deserve support, embracing that support. Um getting to the point that that support is uh non-negotiable you know what i'm saying yes. Yes, That that is that is what we expect as opposed to thinking that we have to hit it so low and yes. carry everything on our shoulders
1: perception particularly from those of us who um have grown up in the professional setting that we didn't enter through legacy right Right. So, you don't understand as a first gen, um, as the, the first person to go, <laughs> that there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, that there's so much that you don't see. Um, and being working in a consulting space and working nationally with leaders, superintendents, um, deputy superintendents on school improvement plans, um, being in a think tank. And helping them really strategize and come up with school improvement opportunities. You know, even when it's rolled out, your name is never a part or associated or affiliated with that plan. But we were there um, supporting them. Right. I think the other thing that we struggle with as black women is asking, mm-hmm. asking the questions. Many organizations, especially big organizations have money for conferences professional development support but we're afraid to ask you know we've already we've said no to ourselves um instead of allowing the powers to be to turn us down and then you might be surprised at the answer that you would get you know
0: yeah i think that that's very interesting i know that in you know my own journey i can remember um having a conversation with one of my coaches about My perception of a situation, right? And what she said back was, "You are playing out the movie in your head, and you're playing all the parts."
1: And the worst scenario, because in the worst scenario, yes, we've watched the scary movies, and we know that the person is going to get killed before it happens, and we've already put the pieces of the puzzle together in our minds, and this is what's going to happen. Exactly, yes.
0: And so I know for me, a big mindset shift was regardless of what history has told me, regardless of what my experience has told me, you know, because those thoughts don't come from nowhere. There is some merit to some of those thoughts. I have decided that I'm going to make you tell me no.
1: Exactly. And I tell people all the time, people can, people have to deny me. The worst thing that they can say is no. I might get a hell no. And that's okay, too. But at the end of the day, I've made the ask. I have said, you know, I've tried to give a compelling reason as to why. And if the answer is still no, I can live with that instead of living with not knowing one way or the other.
0: Yeah. And I've I found in doing that, that also the answer is not always no, when I think it's going to be no. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I will Even if I feel like there is a barrier there, you're going to have to tell me that there's a barrier. I'm not going to just shrink back because (laughs) I think that there's a barrier there. So Mm -hmm. that's that's been a big shift for me. Like, I'm just going to keep going, going, going. And if it's an option, if you put it on the table, then if it's an option for somebody else, it should
1: also be an option for me. That part. That's a nugget in and of itself. Um, I have seen, you know, so many things happen for other people. And I'm like, well, you know, how how did that happen? And typically it's because they asked for it. So when I coach women and they've been in middle leadership and we get stuck. We get stuck in middle leadership all the time because we're the worker bees, right? right we can right. get it done. And the the executive leaders know it and they need us there. They want us there um, because we are moving things forward. But when we have, when I have conversations with women and I ask them, I say, well, have you let them know that you're interested in a vice presidency? Have you let them know that you're interested in promotion? And they're like, well, no. And it's like, well, let's talk about it. Like, let, why haven't we had the conversation? Why haven't you said, look, I've spent this much time. This is what I've done. This is what I've accomplished. The next step that I see for myself is the vice president of X, Y and Z. You know, I've proved to you time and time again that I have the knowledge. I have the skills. I've been moving this train for a long time um, and we expect to just be tapped we expect that people will see us Mm -hmm. they we expect that they appreciate our work and (laughs) our dedication um and that is not the case in order to get something you have to say something and honestly even in that aspect the no is good i'm good as long as i know where people stand right right it gives you it gives you your answers it gives me my answer so if i've come to you and i've said hey I've been in this role for five years, here are my accomplishments. This is the next step. Oh, you know, I don't think you're ready for that. Oh, okay. No problem. Because then when I start shopping my resume, when I start talking to people, when I put it out there and I really feel in my spirit, it's time to move. is going to happen. I already know, right? right? Because I gave you first pass and you pass.
0: Right. But I think it's that important part of starting within, of starting, mm-hmm. you know, with that idea that I know what I'm worth. And Ooh. as you were talking, it reminded me um a few episodes back, and I'll put the, the actual episode in the show notes so y'all can go back and listen. But I was talking to um Dion, and she, you know, works with work with LinkedIn and helping people um become more visible in that way. And the conversation was around the idea of my work speaks for itself. It does not. (laughs) Like, it does not. If you're not willing to speak up
1: and... And if social media haven't taught us anything, it's that part, right? Right. So you can be half-assed. You can be mediocre. You can be 25% of what I am. But if I haven't told people, if I haven't shown them, you know, they have people who are not the best. They're not the greatest, but they have a platform. Correct. So that platform has given them leverage in terms of reach and what people think they are because they have created their own story, their own narrative. And that's a part of what we we typically don't do either because we don't want to be seen as um, boastful or um, cocky, or too confident, or too ambitious, or too, 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 because we've been told over and over again, you're too loud, you're too this, you're too bold, that lipstick's too bright, that uh, suit doesn't fit right, you know, it's, you know, it it, it hugs your hips, it's this, is that, you're not this, you're not that, you're too much of this, you're not enough of that, um, but if you are able to create your own narrative and share your own story on your own terms, then that puts you in a whole different ball game. because then you're p- playing by your own rules, not by the rules that somebody else has created for you, or you're not trying to pay catch up on things that has been said about you or what other people believe is true. You put it out there on your own.
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that, that we have to take over our own narratives and i want to take a moment just to pause because i don't want um because when we talk about leadership i think sometimes we can you know zone out as entrepreneurs we zone out because oh she's talking about executives and this and that and everything else
1: you Hmm. are a leader of you are you are the chief executive officer of said business. And um, Coach Janity, you have multiple businesses that you lead. And so that's another mindset shift that we have to have as women in leadership and as Black women in leadership is that you are a leader. You deserve to be in spaces where leaders are. You deserve that title as CEO. Um, And when you run a business that is run like a business, people respect you as the CEO, and you have to stand firm and convicted in that you are in a leadership role in your organization, whether it's an organization of one, of five, or 500, you are leading your business.
0: Yes. And I just wanted to put that point out there because I know some of y'all just like sat back and was like, oh, she's not talking to me. No, she's absolutely talking to you. I'm
1: talking to you. I, when we have our ducks in a row, when we have our businesses run efficiently, effectively, we have all of our paperwork, we have all of our uh, documentations, um, then you are a legitimized business and you should run and operate that way. And when you introduce yourself, you need to let people know, hi, I'm Dr. Renika Harrison-Brisco. I'm the CEO of Winning on the Road. You know, so every in every space, you have to own the leadership of your business.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Walk with that confidence. Come in with that confidence. I was um, speaking to someone the other day about having a meeting. um, They were meeting a client, you know, high end client and When I go to um, set up an event, you know, a lot of my audience are balloon decor artists. When I go to set up an event, we have uniforms that we wear to set up an event. But when I go to meet a client, then we have professional attire that we, you know, I walk into that meeting as a business owner to business owner because That's what that's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And professional Mm -hmm. attire could look different for everybody. It doesn't mean you have to be suited and booted, but walk into that space knowing that even though I might work in my business, I also work on my business and I am the CEO Mm -hmm. of that business. Mm -hmm. And I belong here just as much Mm -hmm. as anyone else. And so just because it might've started as a hobby, just because you don't have all of the, you know, letters of the alphabet behind your name, none of those things discredit you from being a leader and leading Mm -hmm. not only your business, but your
1: life. And The other thing that happens when you, when you show up in a space as the leader and as a person representing your business, people then respect your business. Yeah. They're not trying to um, get you to lower your cost because you've said when you walked in that I'm about business, the price is the price. I am worth the price and we're going to be in decent and in order as we conduct The business. Right. Right. Um, So when we look a certain way, people are already saying, oh, I can get, you know, this for half that price. Oh, that can't be, you know, the real price and, you know, so on and so forth. But. Yeah, definitely.
0: Absolutely. So we just jumped right on in the topic actually is <laughs> winning within which we're which we're talking about but i just realized we never like said what the topic was it's winning within and just um like you said like it's you know how you it's the mindset it's how you carry yourself it's how mm-hmm. you come into situations um and that applies in both you know um the corporate world in the private sector like yes you you have to have that confidence of yourself and be able to represent yourself verbally you know visibly um in a way that is letting people know that i know my worth
1: yes so I love this topic, and it's you know one of my favorite things to talk about. Um oftentimes I meet people just on Zoom, right? Because I work nationally. And then when I finally meet them in person, they always say, I imagine you bigger. I and I imagine you taller. I, I imagine, <laughs> you know, and I and I it had it has happened, I would say more than a dozen times. Like it has happened consistently more than a dozen times. And I, and I go home to my husband and I'm like, what is it? Like, why do people think that stature wise I'm bigger? Like, what is it about me? And he said, it's your, it's your confidence. Mm -hmm. It's your courage. It's the way that you, um, operate. And I, you know, I never really thought about it that way that people can see. You as a certain way, mm-hmm. just based on how you conduct yourself, just based on so the images that people have of me clearly is of a bigger woman, a <laughs> taller woman. Um, and I guess you know, and I'm like strong, you know, like all of that, um, is what they would expect from me, not five feet, you know, 135, 140 pounds, <laughs> right? Five, four. <laughs> <laughs> and with my heels, I'm typically five, seven, but you know, it's just so ironic, but a big part of, I guess, projecting that way is winning within, right? Mm-hmm. My mom validated me before I left home. She made me know that I had a big name and you had to live into that. When people say your name incorrectly, correct them nicely, but correct them, right? Right. Um, and I, when I talk to women and I'm coaching and I'm supporting them and we're talking about what they value, um, what they see for themselves, um, you know, going through all of that and and it's hard for you to verbalize that we have to really dig in because if you don't know who you are, when you walk into those jobs, when you walk into those organizations, they're going to make you who they want you to be. You automatically fold and try to adjust yourself to fit in, right? Right. When, when you are clear about where you stand, what you do, what you do well, how you rock, how you roll, then people can't manipulate you. They can't bend you. They can't force you into a space, even as a business leader. Okay, I do balloon decor. Oh, well, you know, you think you can do these tables and da 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 -da. Well, no. My business is luxury balloon decor. That's what we do. That's what we do well. Um, You know, you're going to have to find somebody else for an event venue. You have to find somebody else to do X, Y, and Z. So I am not that. You know, we see mission drifts even in nonprofits as well. When people say, oh, there's a grant to do um, X, Y, and Z, and you want to go after that grant, but that has nothing to do with the mission that you have set for, for the organization. So when you are clear and definite about who you are, what your business is, what it does well, that's winning with it. I love
0: that. I love, I love everything about that. And the thing that like just jumped out at me and what you just said was that clarity. And I think that oftentimes what happens is we're not sitting in the uncomfortable space that it requires to get that clarity. We have let other people define us for so long. Yes. That we don't know anymore who we are, what we're about, you know, you said about, you know, staying aligned with your mission. Some of us don't have a mission. So we we haven't done that work.
1: Yes. And, you know, I think all of, and then the other part of it is two parts. I want to go back to doing the work, the self-work to really figure out who you are. I think the other part is we have taken on an image, a persona, a reputation that other people have created for us, and we've gone with it, right? Mm-hmm. And you haven't challenged that. You haven't evolved. You haven't changed. You haven't um, done the work to um, have people rethink about, like, fundamentally who you are. Um, and you know, people have equated you with a certain thing and have put you in a box. Right? You're not meant to be in a box. You create. Um, you create your life. You create, you, your decision-making determines how far you go, how wide you go, what it is that you accomplish, and you can't allow people to do that on your behalf. You have to be in control of that. Um, when I start working with clients, we start with values, right? What is it that you value at the core of who you are? So how what's the filter that you make decisions through? Um what are your non-negotiables? So if you know that a client is um paying you under the carpet, like is that a non-negotiable for you, you know? Like if you what is it at the core of your so that's integrity, right? So if right. I if I say that integrity is at the core of who I am, I can't um misdate an invoice. I can't, you know, post date a check. I can't, you know, so at the core of who you are, um, what are your values? What do you value? What are your non-negotiables? Philosophically, who are you? Then you use that when you're hiring people um, to be a part of your business. As small business owners, you cannot afford a bad hire. Well, how can I not make a bad hire? Well, fundamentally defining who you are, (laughs) What your business is, what's the culture of your business, what are the core values of your business, and if people aren't in alignment with that, then that's not a good fit.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, I've I've said this so many times, like, that, that core work tends to be the work that everybody wants to skip over, right? You know, you just want copy off of the next person's paper and just keep pushing along and pushing along. But to be honest, you know, if we're talking about working with ease, that work makes everything else so much easier. Mm -hmm. So when you know who you are, you can say who you are, you attract what you need because Mm -hmm. they know who you are and they know that they're in alignment. So whether it's staff, clients, Mm -hmm. you know, collaborations, that stuff starts to come together so much easier. Even business decisions, like you said about what are your non-negotiables? Well, I know what my non-negotiables are. So when somebody you know, submits a request and one of my non-negotiables is in the first sentence, then I already know that's not, the answer is no. That yeah. That makes it that much easier. I don't have to spend all day agonizing going back and forth about it. The answer to that is no, it's not a fit. And likewise, sometimes something comes in and is like, you know, has all the keywords in it. And I'm like, oh, that is a yes. That's a definite yes.
1: Yeah, I think um typically we skip that part because we want to get to um the end goal, right? We want right. to get to the money, we want to get to the finish line. We wanna to get to the car, we wanna to get to the house, we wanna to get to whatever it is. And it's like the time that it takes, the energy that it takes. I don't want to do all that. So I just want to get to the part where I have my clients, <laughs> I'm doing the work I want to do, my business is profitable, but then you're running a business and you don't even understand the foundations of what the business has to offer. And um then it becomes a mess. Right? And right. then you're playing clean
0: up. And then it's harder too because if mm-hmm. you're not clear, then your client is not clear. And so then now you're fussing because, oh, I have all of these clients and they're not a good fit. A good fit yeah. for what? Because yeah. if you can't say for what, then they can't find you. Yeah. They need to have that identity and that clarity. So um, self-work y'all
1: self-work <laughs> identity is huge too yes right so we all have um intersectional identities right um race gender class um you know how you grew up um your uh sexual identity your place right and we know place is a huge intersectional identity in new orleans it's like oh i'm from the west bank right oh (laughs) you know people already judging right right? it's a persona to every (laughs) every area of the city (laughs) yeah so um you know for being a first to do anything is an intersectional identity and we typically want to look at our identities in isolation Um, and it's impossible specifically for people of color I am a black woman period right I can't be black and then a woman no Mm -mm. and I have (laughs) the research (laughs) to prove it right no it's absolutely true I mean it's so
0: funny because you know I, I recently did like a panel discussion and it's like I mean, some of the women, I knew some of the women I've never met before, but we can come into space and talk about career and leadership and all of these things and already know each other's narrative and have never met each other. So, yeah. you know, for somebody to say, I can separate those things, like how, how can I separate those things? Because obviously, you know, like you say, you have the research. I know you have all the receipts to prove it. Yes, ma'am. Um but it's you know it, it we've experienced it we've all experienced it where you sit down and have a conversation with another sister and you're like so
1: you worked at the same job it, it doesn't matter what career it yeah. is you can it just doesn't take out take out the name copy paste <laughs> yes yes a hundred percent um you know and I, when we think about identity and how we identify. You know, I, I typically um, talk to women, um, especially super successful women, and we're typically the only in the room, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. only woman, the only Black woman, the only Black person. <laughs> um, and what does that do for you, right? And one thing about me is I don't, I don't ever want to be the only. So I'm right. looking for opportunities to bring somebody else with me, right? So when I come back to that space, I'm not there alone. Because it does feel like you are alone, right? right. You feel right. like everybody's looking at you. Like, why are you here? What are you doing here, right? And I'm here because I belong. It's right. because I was invited to this space because I bring something here, right? And next time I come to this space, I'm bringing somebody else with me. Um, who can also add to this space. You know, we get into a place where we think that there, we have been conditioned to believe that there is only one space for us, right? That there's only one slot for a woman. There's right. only one slot for a, a black person or a person of color. And then it's like, if, if you see somebody as already taken up space there, then you're like, oh, I have to get rid of them. Well, what about the other six people on that board? What about the other six people who are in that industry that's doing the same thing? Why are you going to take down the one that's the somewhat representation, right? So winning within is also being strong enough in having clarity around what you are able to do and being able to share that, right? Like you don't have to to, um, have the industry so sewn up that you are knocking down other people that you aren't giving other people opportunities. I, I mean, a lot of the work that I I'm afforded to do is off recommendations from people who are in similar, similarly situated to me. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. it's like I, and I do the same thing. If I have the opportunity to put somebody else on, I'm putting them on because if we are not increasing our visibility, um, then people will always feel like we aren't worthy for being in spaces and we can't own profitable businesses and we can't own successful businesses because they haven't seen evidence of it.
0: No. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think that we have to, um, like, if you think about it, like just purely by happenstance, like not, not, you know, we're not going to get into, you know, cause that could be a whole nother episode. We're not going to get into the, the depths of how some of this stuff happens, but just think mm-hmm. about purely through happenstance. You know, if I went to school with so-and-so and I know this person or me and so-and-so go have drinks after work, mm-hmm. or our mm-hmm. kids go to school together or what have you, right? I'm more cognizant of what that person is doing. I'm more likely to refer that person for a promotion, for you know, refer their business, whatever it is, because we're friends, right? Yes. And so. not that I may, I may not be thinking about the fact that there's, you know, somebody else sitting right next to me that has yeah. that skill set or even a, a greater skill set because I'm I see what I see because I'm friends. In that same token, we have to approach things in the same manner when you see somebody you know you may you may that person may be more visible to you because of your relationship with that person but when you see that person fits a need then you know because sometimes we feel like oh well I don't want it to seem like
1: mm-hmm. our counterparts don't care what it seem like mm-hmm. they don't and so let's talk about that piece um in a lot of my presentations that I do with, uh with women, particularly around networking. I do an exercise with them um, called six best friends. And at the end of the day, the six best friends are typically um, the same as you, right? But there's a great big world out there that is not black, that is not female, right? And honestly, white men are, are predominantly in power across sectors, right? Mm-hmm. Black women only lead less than 5% of um, organizations at the chief or executive level, right? So we're a small percentage. Those white men who have been in these positions are typically legacy, right? So they play golf with people that they went to the prep school with, that they went to college with, that they are in the same country clubs with, golf clubs, social uh, pleasure clubs, fraternities, X, Y, and Z. They have a network that is strong. And when they are at the bar and they're having those conversations, when they're on the golf course, that's where they're making decisions, right? Oftentimes, women aren't invited in those spaces. One, Remember, a few minutes ago, we're stuck in that middle leadership, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing the work. Remember, as business owners, we are doing the work, we're doing the paperwork. We don't have time, a lot of times to go out and network, even though that's a huge part of establishing and growing your business, right? So we need a diverse network of people to be able to situate us in places that we haven't been before and people who are in our network haven't been before either. So it doesn't typically work out for us to stay in our cocoons because we live, work, worship, attend school and do business typically with people who are just like us, right? Right. So, yeah. No, yeah,
0: totally. We have to, you know, network, diversify, you know back to the whole idea of just you know getting yourself out there like getting yeah. mm-hmm. yourself known seen it's not just going to speak for your, yourself I think that we think that it's going like you know if we if we check all the boxes then somebody's going to automatically send us a prize. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work that way. One, because not everybody that gets the prize check the boxes, let's you yeah. know, let's be clear.
1: Yeah. Yes, and I mean, honestly, and I tell people this in the business world, right? Opportunities, when they're posted online, when you see them on LinkedIn, when you see them, um, I can't even think of the name of the platform where all of the jobs are. But when you see them posted there, it's typically because it's the organization's policy to post the position, but they've already made a decision on who was going to get that role. And it's typically based on a recommendation from somebody who... um, you know, was compelled to make a recommendation for a specific person, right? Because they had a relationship with them, not because they have more degrees, not because they have more experience, not because they have more knowledge. Under Any of that is simply based on the fact that you knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, right? And I think all of us can think of um, times when we benefited from that, right? So we say it's not fair. But I can definitely think of more than a few times that i benefited from um, being connected to and sponsored by somebody else, right, to um, advance my career or to get me an opportunity. And I
0: think even though it's, you know, you know, whether or not it's fair, let's say that whether or not it's fair, it's the reality.
1: Like, it's
0: the reality, you know, right? We, we we can argue till the cows come home about whether or not it's fair, and while you sitting there arguing about the fairness of it all, somebody else is getting that position. So mm-hmm. you you know we have to think in the reality of how things operate, and if nobody is organically paying attention to what you're doing, to what you're putting on the table, then. How are you then strategizing to make them pay attention? Yes. So I
1: think that's a huge part as well. You know, sometimes as small business owners, we're a one-man band or one-woman band, right? So we're doing it all. We're doing deliveries. We're doing invoices. We're doing social media. Um, and quite frankly, it doesn't leave us a lot of time to be out and about and meeting people, right? But how do you maximize the people that you already encounter? So we sleep on our church people, right? If you go to church weekly, you know, there are a lot of affluent people, people of prestige, people who are in um, different organizations that can't maybe help you, right? When we think about... Um, Family, friends, uh, alumni associations, whether it's from, you know, we're big on high schools uh, in the South, particularly in New Orleans. When we think about university, um, when we think about places where we volunteer, um, doctor's offices, like where can you continue to make those connections, even if it's not in a formal networking environment? The other part of it is, is like, what organizations are you a part of to advertise your business and to meet other people in business, right? So we leave um, our formal education and then we're like, oh, we're done. But you have to still continue to advance your thinking, take classes. Um, You know, we're both involved in a class outside of our, our normal work because we want to advance Um, our businesses want to advance ourselves is something that we're choosing to do. So thinking about how, um, just to kind of wrap up this point, one, you make those natural connections in places that you, you are all the time. You're looking for learning opportunities and growth opportunities And three, like joining organizations, um, that may be able to increase your network as well. Yes. I mean,
0: To me, networking is like so crucial. And, and, you know, I agree with you. Like a lot of times we are bogged down in so many things. We don't put it in um, top priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but um I, I just feel like we have to make a mindset shift there as well. So the last guest episode was about um, virtual assistants, hiring a virtual assistant. Get somebody else to do some of the rest of these things because... Yes. I mean, you know, who are you sending the invoice to if you don't have any clients? You know, like, you need to meet more people and more people than the people you know, because I most of my clients are not people that I know personally. if
1: you're waiting on the people who are closest to you to support you, it's not gonna happen. Right? And going back to the earlier point about stepping into this role as a CEO. Let's define what that means, right? As the chief executive officer as of your um, company, of your business, it is your job to be out in the public representing that organization. Like when we look at some people, I call them the queen, right? Because that's all that they do is go out as a CEO They do other things, I'm sure, but we see them in a public eye a whole lot. We see them shaking hands, kissing babies at meetings, at the social events, at the happy hours, at the brunches, you know, all of the things so that they are visible. And as the CEO, you have to be visible. People have to know who you are. You have to be a good representation, a strong representation of your organization,
0: yeah, definitely. You I mean, you become the face. And I know that, yeah. you know, at the time that I became the face of my business, I was like, you want me to what? You know, I'm an introvert. I like to, <laughs> I like to be in my own space and I'm like, again, my work speaks for itself. And I'm sorry. That's it. it, it, It's not true. Like, you know, you not saying that your work is not quality, not saying that the people that have had the opportunity to work with you don't sing your praises, but if you are, your work may speak for itself, but it doesn't have a microphone. Mm -hmm. So it's speaking in the corner in a whisper. Mm -hmm. And nobody is hearing it. Nobody is hearing it. Put a microphone to it. Unless you put a magnifying glass to it, you put a flashlight to it, you highlight, you know, what accomplishments that you've had, what successes you have. If you are not doing that, then people will allow you to be the workhorse. Mm -hmm. I call them worker bees all the time. People will allow you to work and work and work and you are invaluable to them in that role. Mm -hmm. But the second you, you know, try to raise your price, if you're a business owner, the second you go for a raise, if you are on a career path, then all of a sudden it's the hums and highs and, well, you know, I don't think you are ready, you know, so on and so forth people want people see your worth and it's not because it's not about whether or not they see it it's whether or not they know that you know it
1: and that you have put value on your worth right yes so um so many nuggets in that but one of the things I wanted To elevate was around this introverted leader piece, and I'm certified um, in Myers-Briggs. So if anybody out there wants to do a one-on-one, we can really get into introversion and extroversion. But knowing the type of leader that you are is important because as an introverted leader, you may, you know, bring somebody with you when you are out and about, and that person becomes the connector. I'm a huge connector in my friend group, right? So I'm like, come on, Danielle, let me introduce you to X, Y, and Z, right? Because then the ice has been broken and that the the introvert in the conversation now feels comfortable because there's a known person making the connection. And then there's, there's a commonality, I know how we can connect and we don't have to go through the awkward phase of small talk. A lot of introverts can't do small talk, right? Like they just want to go in <laughs> to whatever we're doing. Like they don't have the time and the patience for that. Um, but knowing and understanding if you're introverted or extrovert in your personality type will also help you win within, because then you know how to approach clients, you know, how um, to best situate yourself in the market, knowing that you are not a person that is um, naturally um, extroverted and want to um, start those conversations with people.
0: Yeah, I think that that's true. I mean, it's like, I always call them your cheat codes. We're all different and we all have different stuff about us, but learn what your cheat codes are. So mm-hmm. like, I totally agree. I can't stand small talk. Like I can... <laughs> <laughs> you've known me for a while. If I get on a topic that I'm interested in, I could talk for hours, but if you're just like, Oh yeah, they say it's going to rain. I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, they did say that. Like, you know, that's just not my energy. But when you know that about yourself, mm-hmm. and, you know, I love how you said about that connector piece. That's one of my cheat codes. So If I go into a space and I don't know anybody or if I'm in a situation where I know a few people, but I'm not all the way comfortable, then I know there's at least one other person that's walking around that look like they're mortified to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find that mortified person and because I know I'm a little more comfortable than they are, I'm going to go introduce myself to them and I'm going to try to ease their discomfort. Mm -hmm. But that also gives me an opportunity to kind of warm up to the, you know, the situation. And now, you know, we can go tag team and two introverts together, tag team meeting people or, you know, I can introduce you, you can introduce me, you know, you you find those ways to um, highlight. your 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 turn something that some people may think is a disadvantage into a strength so don't Mm -hmm. try to be someone else yeah and I think that's a um a lot of the way we get lost in that whole you know not knowing who we are not knowing what we value because um when you were talking earlier we we had so many good points I just like this thought keeps coming and going but the idea what came to my mind was the idea of how assimilation plays a role in our lack of um clear identity yes yes cuz that that's some masters level you know um negotiation that we're doing within ourselves yeah. because yes. we're trying to assimilate to the environment yeah. but then we also have to find space to be true to ourselves. So that is, it's a interesting, um, space. I don't know if you, yeah,
1: I think, I think I've lived in, you know, I've lived in that world probably my entire life, especially growing up in a military family, um, going to diverse schools, um, sometimes being the only, um, entering the workforce, sometimes um being the only um and it did not happen overnight that i really leaned into so first of all biggest lie ever told at all of these organizations is bring yourself your authentic self <laughs> lies garbage not true right Because when I show up with my medallion earrings, my bamboos, my bright lipstick, my bright um, daishiki, if I, you know, whatever it is that's not um, seen as professional, my my long nails, um, you know, whatever it is that is seen to mainstream America as not professional, is then spotlighted, right? Mm-hmm. And you get things like, oh, you're so fancy. Oh, aren't you adorable? If another adult <laughs> woman <laughs> calls me adorable, <laughs> I might scream, right? <laughs> like, that's <they're> so disrespectful. <laughs> um. So we are very calculated. When, when we when we have learned the game, you become more calculated in how you move. I've gotten to the point now, and I've had to have conversations with my husband over the years. It's like, look, I might come home without a job. This I, is what's happening. I've had that conversation more than once. Yep, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going to say, and I know you. I know you're good with getting all the things that we need. I'm just not going to be able to go shoe shopping because I might come home without a job. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, you know <laughs> so I have definitely gotten to the point where I am who I am. And when you show up as who you are, people are intimidated. I am not intimidating. Right. That is this desire to impose intimidation on another person. I can't help that you are intimidated by me. That's an emotion that you are having, a response that you are having. Yes. Somewhat to the same point that I made earlier with you having this image in my head that I'm bigger than what I am. I'm a big black woman and I'm, you know, and all of these things, right?
0: But I think that the bigness, right? The bigness, okay. So I think... (laughs) It's something about someone being confident that triggers things in other people. So And it's then like, they become intimidated. Right. But it's like I didn't do you anything. Like <laughs> all I can do is work on me and my confidence and me doing the things I need to do to get where I need to be. And like my latest um my latest thought on that, on that vein is when I shrink myself, I'm playing in God's face Mm -hmm. because he gave me this in all of his bigness and all of it to step into it in all of its bigness, because Mm -hmm. that's the only way that I can serve in the way that he wants me to. So Mm -hmm. I can't be worried about anybody else's feelings about that. I have to be do what I need to do. But that confidence, like I had, I've had this conversation with somebody like a few times, and I'm like, I I know that it's triggering them, mm-hmm. and I can't do anything about that. But it's like, you know, my confidence is not built on anything superficial. Mm-hmm. So therefore. Superficial changes don't affect my confidence. Like, I, I, I look, I'm I, I, I am the short, I am not the one, whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> not me, but that doesn't stop me from being me in my fullness. And I'm not going to succumb to what someone else thinks that, like, because. You may not feel good in that space. Um, last week's episode from when from when this one airs is going to be about loving yourself at each impasse. At mm-hmm. loving, loving yourself regardless of whether or not you want to change, right? Mm. Because you have to love yourself from a place, you have to change from a place of love. That's why Mm -hmm. so many people revert backwards and, you know, because you did it from a place of hate, of self-hate, I hate myself like this. I don't feel like that. I only say loving words to myself. I only, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have any hate for myself. How can I have hate for myself when I know who created me? That doesn't make sense, but me loving myself should
1: not make you feel uncomfortable, And that's the same point I was going to make about the confidence, just because I have confidence doesn't mean that you can't have to be less confident. Right. So I think that there's this um, this pull that happens with people um, and they feel like they have to shrink because somebody else took up space. No, there's enough air in the room for everybody. Right. We're all breathing. We can all thrive. We can all have a piece of it. Right. Um, and trust is built on authenticity. Right. I want to go back to that earlier point about bringing our, ourselves. Right. So when you are unable to fully be who you are in environments you're unable to trust because you know that other people aren't being who they are either so we don't know who's who up in here right right Right. so um i think that's definitely something that we have to think about um you know even people who say oh she's too much i hate when people say things like that right like what does that mean you know what 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 exactly is too much much for whom (laughs) For whom? Or for what, right? <laughs> so I think when we talk about winning within, we have to also think about the consequences of being authentic, of taking up space, of bringing our self fully, right? And I think the other part is that's also emotional labor. Because then there's explanations, right and then there's questions and you know people want to know more about your hair and more about this and more about that and um if that becomes a lot especially in the workplace right so but yeah I'm off my heel now we can move on (laughs)
0: no no that I mean I think it's so important though because I think that it's a it's an interesting space to navigate because like you said, you know, there's no trust without authenticity. But you know, because of what we've seen and experienced, there's our trust with being authentic. And yes. so it, you know, it's is is dancing that line. And I mean, I think I came to the coming of age of that after. I had already left the mm-hmm. workforce. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do whatever I want. I mean, you know, I mean, but I, you still have those implications because, you know, there are going to be some people that may be turned off by that. They're going to be okay. some people that are going to choose a different, you know, person. You may not be that person's person, right? But, but here's
1: the thing. Everything is not for everybody. Right? So we have... The coach and the microchorus bags, we have the Louis V bags, and we have Walmart bags, and it's all okay. Right, everything isn't for everybody.
0: Right, and I think I think a lot of times what we lose sight of is, so we're so busy trying to be palatable, and we we are missing the people that are ours. Mm -hmm. because we're showing up as this watered down version that part and you know people get to know you and i know i've experienced that myself where somebody's like i didn't realize you was this cool like i i you know i saw you this way you know because um like how my coach would describe it is that you need to Um, and she said this for so long and I was like, I don't even understand what you're trying to say, but she's said, you, she would always say you need to become less corporate and not just to me, to several people that were in the program. And I'm like, what does she mean by that? But it's removing that, um, that whitewash Mm -hmm. that you are showing up, you know, quote unquote professional, Mm -hmm. but you know, you you start to lose some of the flair that is you, the things that make you funny, the things that make you unique, and I think that that sometimes too is a reason why we get stuck, whether it's mi- middle management or um, in our businesses, the growth of our business, because we hide the the magic of ourselves,
1: and, and we 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 become generic. And then we start to believe the watered down version and we lose sight of who we are and we get caught up and we're unable to fully identify the person that we've turned into. Right. That part. Every time somebody sends me a plant or a bottle of wine, I know that they don't know me. Right. (laughs) I cannot keep plants alive. And I don't drink. (laughs) So it's like, again, when you talk about, you know, some people I had worked with for years, right? And you get that bottle of wine and you're like, damn, right? No. That's a no for me, right? Because anybody who really, truly knows me knows I don't drink. So yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because
0: I'm thinking about all the different gifts that I've gotten when I was working and I'm like, so now I do drink. So if y'all sending gifts, you know, send Renika's, <laughs> send Renika's bottle of wine this way. <laughs> but I, I suck at plants and I'm like, I had so many, I'm like, why would you, what, what possessed you? Like I have, it's going to die. Like it's, it's going to die. die.
1: Like it's going to die a slow death and it's sad. Like I can't keep them alive. I've given up. It just doesn't work. So, I, you know, I just think when we, I would say, you know, as an educator, I want to give our people some homework, right? Yes. I want to give them something to walk away um, and think about. The first thing I want you to write down are your values no more than two because you can value a whole lot of things but if you have too many there's no way right and sometimes you filter um things through other values and that's all right but you need to narrow it down to two and then you need from those two values what does that say about you who are you inside of that right um so that you can make sure that you're clear, crystal clear on your identity, that you're crystal clear on where you stand, that you're crystal clear on your non-negotiables. And you can do the same thing for your business as well. And then from there, you know, you should have some clarity on how to move forward um, and make sure you're not being watered down, that you're not being put in a box and that people haven't sized you up in the way Um, that they are, that that they have the keys to your narrative and that you are able to really project and communicate who you are um, to other people.
0: No, I love that homework assignment. And I'm just going to add, because I know my people, there's no right answer to this, you know, because I think, you know, we go and we start Googling, well, what should it know? It is what it is. Like, don't, don't try to, you know, get the answer from someone else. It's it's a reflective time. It's a time to really sit with you. And sometimes when you, if it's the first time you sat with you or the first time you sat mm-hmm. with me in a long time, it's going to be uncomfortable. It It, it, it is. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, but sit through that silence until something comes to you. I think this is a beautiful exercise.
1: Yeah. And give it Give it 15 minutes. And if you have reached a frustration point after 15 minutes, take a break and come back to it. I would even say, um, if you are a bath type person, that's the only 20 minutes I get to myself. Um, if you are a bath person and you draw that bubble bath, bring your little notepad in there with you and Take that time to really reflect and be honest with yourself. This isn't to show anybody else or even to share if you don't want to, but it's something that you can do for you. Um, Shameless plug, DrRenikaBrisco.com is coming soon and that's where winning on the road will live. Um, and some of the work that I get to do with women is around their strengths assessment. So I'm certified in the, um, Clifton strengths. And I already mentioned that I'm also certified in the Myers-Briggs and I would love the opportunity to help people win within, um, get to know themselves better and really live a more fuller life. Um, that's about them and not about anybody else. And you know that that's the love language over here. <laughs> um,
0: because we have to find like my 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 deepest
1: desire is for us to find joy. oh yeah. and your joy can't be dependent on other people's definitions Mm-mm. of success, other people's definitions of you, other people's definition of where or or um, measure take measure where you should be now. Right. So there is not another person who's on your journey. Right. The journey is solo, even if you're married. The journey journey is solo, even if you have children, because there's only one you.
0: Right. And you know what things, you know. So I guess this is more my homework for you guys, is figure out what success looks like for you. Yes as an individual, not the industry standard, you know, that I got to this um, career goal, not that I got to this financial goal, that might be a part of it, but comprehensively, what does success look like to you? And start gauging your milestones based on what that holistic success Mm -hmm. looks like. Because it may not be, you know, to be a millionaire, it might not be mm-hmm. that you. You may think it's that, but then when you start looking at the other things that are important to you, you know, maybe you want to be at home with the kids every day. Maybe that's really important mm-hmm. to you, and that may not be possible. And do this other thing. That doesn't mean that you have to give up the you know career or the. But you mm-hmm. have to figure out how those
1: things marry. Mm-hmm. And what? And you know in everything there's sacrifice and I'm working on a a chapter and I'm going to contribute to a book and that's what I'm going to be talking about talking about like what do you sacrifice to get what it is that you want ultimately right so we I have always wanted it all right I wanted the marriage I wanted the children I wanted the job I wanted to have it all but what I figured out like is I can't work a nine-to-five I just can't because I'm the mom that wants to be the room mom. I'm the mom that wants to go on every field trip. I'm going to be at the Christmas pageant concert. I'm going to be at every gymnastics meet. I'm going to be at every soccer game. You know, so I prioritize that part because my kids are only going to be kids for so long. Right. But I meet people, I mean, people in, you know, large companies and it's so disheartening when they say things like, you know, I really wanted to have children, but now my time has passed. I really, you know, wanted to have five children when I first got married and now I only have one and my time has passed. I've lost two marriages um, since I've been in this job and, you know, so on and so forth. Here's another thing, Ladies who are out there grinding in your 20-something, early 30s. If you have not <laughs> had children and you plan to have some later on, go see if you're a candidate to get your eggs frozen. Um, start talking to your, um, your gynecologist. A lot of times they don't ask Black women um, if they are interested in um, family planning in that way, you know, everybody want to push the birth control methods and even um, the hysterectomies, but no one wants to talk about the advanced planning. Um, and that's your right. You know, if, if it's not if it hasn't happened for you yet, but you see it happening down the line and a lot of insurance um, will pay for you or at least assist in in that portion. But that's a total sidebar because I see my clients, it happens to my clients all the time that they feel like they have passed their childbearing years and it's not possible for them anymore.
0: No, I think it's a great thing to bring up because I think that, you know, when you're, you know, career driven, entrepreneurially driven, you know, that, that interview question, what is your, your five-year, you know, plan, you know, we We think about that as far as our careers are concerned, but we mm-hmm. don't think about that as far as our lives are concerned. yes. So we yes. assume the things that we want out of life are just going to magically come together. like mm-hmm. if we get this this you know made up a cool, you know, um financial goal or if we reach this, yeah, you know, title then all yeah. the rest of the things are just going to magically fall into place but we have to put a five year plan you know on all areas of our life not just our career because i mean
1: when you look up yeah the career is is one aspect of it right because right. i know for those of us who've grown who grew up poor you never want to be poor again but you can't be chasing the carrot chasing the money, and then you find out you don't have a life, right? The life you really truly wanted um, was to have a partner and to have a family and to do all of these things. And you look up and that part of your life ha- is behind you, then that makes it um really, really, really difficult. So when I talk to young people, college-age students. And they asked me, it's like, well, how do you balance having a relationship and, you know, all of these things is like you will make time for the things that are important to you. Right. And when we. Put all of our eggs in one basket, then, you know, that's going back to. Places of business making you who who they want you to be. They want you to be a worker bee. They want you to work 80 hours a week. They want you not to have a life. They want you not to have time to date, go out, meet people, all of that, because it is beneficial to them to have you do all the things that they want you to do. So if you are a young person, a young woman, particularly out there, and you have the desire um to one day get married or not, one day have a family or not, you need to start making plans around what that means. Even if you want to be a single woman and raise a child or whatever it is, right? So start thinking about what that means. Start talking to your doctor. Don't be surprised if you don't get the response that you want from your doctor and you have to find a new one. Um, but don't take no for an answer, particularly on that front of um freezing your eggs and being prepared later on.
0: Yeah, and like you said, even if it's not the family route, travel, <laughs> travel you know, explore the world, have a fulfilled life. Like you don't yes. you just don't want to wake up one day and all you have is your bank account and you know. Some expensive items, but you feel empty inside. You want to figure out what
1: what brings you joy and do those things. And that's one of the things that, you know, um, people who know me might be surprised. I'm the now type person, right? So if I want it and I set a goal to get it or to have it or to do it, I am definitely going to do it. I don't want to wait until retirement. Right. Because I'm going to be too old, too fragile, not able to move. I want to go places where I can still dance. I can still enjoy. I can still, you know, have the convertible car, whatever it is. I don't want to have to wait and put put keep putting it off. Right. The time is now right i mean so, so tomorrow's not
0: promised i don't want to get it's not on
1: tomorrow's not promised
0: and right. you're gonna have all of these wishes wants desires and you never get that opportunity because you didn't take the opportunity but you you found a way to work those extra hours you found a yes. way to do these other things so find a way to do the things that bring you joy
1: joy exactly
0: so yes. I'm going I'm going to start our wrap-up questions because I know me and yeah. you can go. Yes, you can go. <laughs> we can go. And, you know, it's just so many lanes and topics that we can just offshoot from just this mm-hmm. one topic. So, so let's, you know, get a little playful for a minute. Tell me about your favorite pajamas.
1: Oh, goodness. So... I would definitely say my favorite pajamas are a two-piece set with the shorts and like the cami because it's cool. Yeah. Um yeah, it they're definitely printed. There's like all of the colors, the pinks, the purples. Um it's sexy, you know, there's some lace. Um but yeah, those are my favorite.
0: All right. So, okay, finish this sentence. My time freedom allows me to do
1: whatever I want to do when I want to do it. I love that. I
0: love that. Because that's that's it. That's you know, I wanna go take a nap. I'm about to go take a nap. That's yeah. That's it. Okay, what is the best advice that you can give anyone seeking the profits in pajamas lifestyle?
1: The best advice I can give is to take the time to adequately prepare and strategize. When we jump in and it's not clear, then that lack of clarity causes confusion. So I'm not saying take all of the time in the world, but take some time to get get your paperwork together. Make sure you are a business on paper. Make sure that you understand your clientele, that you've done some type of market analysis and that you have a strategy for growing your business and you have some support in doing that.
0: I think that's all all absolutely good. And I think sometimes we don't think about those things as giving us back that time freedom, but they absolutely do. All right. So I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what do you have going on in your world right now, and how can people get in touch with you?
1: Well, so I'm undergoing a brand refresh, which I'm excited about. So, as I mentioned, um, the domain is com, and that's where all of the winning on the road stuff will live. Um, we'll have a podcast, courses, all of the things. Um, if you need to find me quickly, look me up on LinkedIn, Ronika. I think it's under Dr. Ronika Briscoe on Instagram it's at winning on the road on Twitter. It's at winning on the road. Um, but I'm super excited, uh, to engage any and all of you. And I appreciate your time coach Danny D.
0: I appreciate you being here. I'm so excited that, um, we made this happen, you know, like um, Dr Renika yes. mentioned earlier we're in a program we're actually in our second program together yes. and so it's just I just was like I I just gotta I gotta figure out what the topic is but we we have to get here and we have to talk and I think there were so many um gems that you shared especially just around leadership there's so much mindset you know mm-hmm. that we have to work through um to get ourselves in position to you know I feel like we are natural born leaders and we just have to um we have to believe that and then we have to make others see
1: it. Exactly 100%. All
0: right, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Um we will have all of the contact information in the show notes so that you can reach out to Dr. Renika and um, see all of the wonderful things that she has going on and the things that she has coming because she has so many new things that are um, coming soon. So I want you to connect to her and make sure that you are getting all of the gems. Thank you guys again, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I hope you got some great tips to start working with ease. Want to stay connected? Follow me at Your Workflow on Instagram. For more information about building your luxury brand, register for my upcoming luxury brand workshop at coachdannyd.com.